You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our associate pastor, Brent Hand, with this week's message. So, uh, I'm going to read from Ephesians, but set that up a minute. Uh, Ephesians is a book in the Bible, okay? So, it didn't just appear there. It was originally a letter to a church in Ephesus to the Ephesians that lived in Ephesus, so that's why it's called Ephesians. And uh, about Ephesus, Ephesus, you know, that just sounds like some weird place, right? I mean, it's just a weird town name that you've never heard of before, you know, but it's, it was a huge city back then. It was a, a port city. It was a, a place in, it is in where Turkey is now, and um, it was a, a place where, you know, many crossroads came together. Many lives intersected there, and it wouldn't have been just, you know, just, uh, when you say Ephesians, it's not, that wasn't like one group of people, one kind of person, but you would have had Romans and Macedonians and Greeks and Jews and, and people from all over the world that would be making up this, this, this city of Ephesus. And, and uh, you know, you really just couldn't imagine a more diverse group of people. Uh, and out of that, that group of people, that, they, there's a church planted there in Ephesus. And there's a church, and you know what? They're not all the same kind of people. They're these people from all different kinds of walks of life. They're people from all, they, they look different, they sound different, they have, they have different accents, you know, they, they're, they're from different uh, walks of life. Some of them were born into to, to riches, and, and some of them were born into slavery. You know, they're from all different walks of life, merchants, and farmers, and fishermen, and all these people that have come together, in, in, that call Ephesus home, and they could not be more different. And uh, I like what Tim Mackey said, he, he said it would have taken an act of God to unify these people. And you know what, I think, you know what, looking around today at our current world and where we're at, you know, I don't want to just beat a dead horse, but, you know, you look around and you see, I mean, how divided we are, how divided people are, how, how divided the church is, not, not between, but the church overall, and how, you know, just, I mean, if you don't believe, just get on Facebook, and just for a minute, I mean, and just look at something posted anywhere, and somebody's arguing about something, right? And so, so you look at that and you say, well, how can we ever come together? And you can be really discouraged. I mean, I, I, I do. So I, I think about it. like, How are we ever going to come together? How are we ever going to unite? And uh, that's what Paul was worried about here. It was about why he's writing to the, the Ephesians, because he sees these diverse people. But he writes to them, and he, he, he reminds them a few things. Uh, so in Ephesians chapter 4, that's what we're going to be reading for the most part today, um, this is what he says. He says, therefore, okay, let's stop right there, okay? I know we've, we've gone a long way already, but therefore, right? That, what does that mean? That means he said something else, right? This is chapter four of a six-chapter six book, so there's three chapters before that. What's he said for these past three chapters? We can sit here and read it, or I could sum it up for you. Uh, what he says is he goes through he goes through the gospel story of Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross, and he, he, he lays it out again for, for the people in Ephesus. But he doesn't just lay it out like it's a, like, like, you know, just a normal, you know, Jesus died for your sins. He lays it out in a way that explains that what Jesus was doing is that he was creating a new family, creating a new humanity, he even said. In, uh, in chapter 2, he says this, is, is, he says, Jesus has made the two groups, he's talking about the Jews and, the, and the, the non-Jews, the Gentiles, he has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier dividing the wall of hostility. His purpose was to create in himself 
one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body, that's a, a thing we'll come back to too, uh, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death our hostility. So said, that's the plan, is to bring people, the cross didn't just save us from our sins, it brought us together. Jesus has already done the really hard work, right? He's done the hard stuff. He's, he's died for us and brought us together, and he's given us something to unite around. He's done the hard stuff, but now it's up to us to keep that unity. And, and Paul knows this. Paul knows that, that this, is, this is a possibility. He even says in chapter 1, he says, he says I'm so glad that you, you, you love one another. He says, love, uh, love how you love all the saints. He's saying, you know, how you love each other, and, and, and you accept one another. And that he, he knows that's okay there, but, but he's worried about the diversity. He's worried about there not being unity and that it could be a place for something to come up that, that, would, that would bring them apart. So um, anyway, getting back to chapter 4, here's what he says. Is here's, after the therefore, he says, here's what's next, is that Jesus has done all this stuff. He's brought us together. Now, I, Paul, writing from prison, he says, the prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of, of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and patience and bearing with one another in love. That's that fruit that we talked about last week, it sounds like. Um, being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He's saying we need to, to it says there, uh, being diligent. It, uh, there's another uh, translation that says, go through great pains to maintain the unity. You know why, why he says that? Why it says just we have to do some work there? Because unity doesn't come naturally. Unity isn't something that just naturally happens, right? It's not something, I mean, I, I know, I mean, just go into like a, like a high school uh, cafeteria. I'm assuming it's the same way. I've been there in 20 years. But, I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up and I'd see like TV shows and there would always be the cool kids in high school and the not cool kids. And that was it, you know, and I was like, oh man, I'm so worried about that. That's not what high school was like. It was, it was not like that. You go in, and every lunchroom table in a cafeteria was a different ecosystem, completely different. Now, you know, you have, have the rednecks and the, and, and the cool kids that, that parents had a lot of money and the cool kids whose parents didn't have a lot of money. And you had the, the, the nerdy kids that thought they were cool and the nerdy kids that, that knew they weren't cool, you know? <laughs> and you'd have the band geeks, and you'd have, have, and I say that as a former band geek, uh, you know, you'd have all these different types of people and that's, that's, how our, that's how it looked in high school. That's how it looks in real life, too. We can look around the room, probably, if we, we pull the lights up. We can look around and, and see lots of different people from different walks of life, you know, with different things going on. And we might can look and think about how many different things we like and di dislike and, and the different things we enjoy to do with our life or the different ways we, we live or the different things we, we, we uh, believe or whatever. And, you know, we could focus on all the things that, that make us so different. Or... We could focus on the one thing that brings us together. Because if there is, if, if Jesus is at the center of everything that you and I are about, if that's really what, what we're about as Christians, then we should have more in common with the people in this room than anybody else in the world, right? And, and not just the people in this room, any, you know, any Christian. We should have, have that to unite around. That, that should be something that brings us together. And, and that's what, what, what we need. Is, and that's why we need that, that humility and that, that, that uh, gentleness and uh, that patience with one another is because we need to be able to see each other the way Jesus sees us, and we need to be able to come together um, and, and go through great pains. 
to bear, to bear everything, to, to bring unity uh, to, to, to the body. Um, but he goes on and he says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you also were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Some, there's a word that popped up there a few times. Y'all notice that word? One, one. And he says all these ones. We've we got to be one. We've got to be one. And that sounds impossible. But again, if we're not one, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hold us back. And that's why, why I said what Paul is worried about is that that division will come up because, not because of the diversity, but that, that, that will be used to, to, to make people think that there's more, that we have less in common than we have in common. And that, that's just not the truth. Uh, Jesus, even on his last night uh, with the disciples before he was crucified, uh, he, he go, he, we read a few minutes ago from Acts where he promised the Holy Spirit to come, but he does that again, right, right, he did it before, the night right before he died. And he promised his Holy Spirit to, uh, to the disciples in chapter 16 of John. He, he lays it out that the Comforter is coming and they're going to have a helper, and he lays that out for them. And then immediately after that, he prays a prayer in chapter 17. And you know what he prays for? Does he pray for, for, for just the Holy Spirit to just come in and wreck their lives and do, do something awesome in their lives? You know what he prays for? He prays for unity. He prays that, he says, he says that God, let them be one as me and you are one. That's, that's what Jesus' prayer is. Because he knows that it doesn't matter how many awesome things the Holy Spirit is going to do through the church in, in the coming days, if they are not unified, they don't get to be part of it. That's, that's the sad thing, is, is that they don't get to be part of it if they're not unified. And, and, you know, I want to be part of that, you know? And here's the thing is, you know, if, if you grew up, you, you may have some, some, when I say Holy Spirit, you may have some baggage with that, that, that phrase, you know? If you grew up like me, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and so I thought, you know, the Holy Spirit was just something that showed up, you know, every now and then, and maybe made you do something crazy, and then you, you went on about your life, you know? <laughs> You got really excited for a minute, and then you went on. Um, or maybe, you know, you know, you may have something other, you know, way of thinking about that. But here's what the Holy Spirit is, it wants to do. Yes, yes, there's gifts. Yes, there's things he wants to do in our lives. But at the bare minimum, what he wants to do is he wants, the Holy Spirit wants to make us bear fruit. Like we talked about last week. He wants to make us bear fruit. And when we bear fruit, you know what that's going to do? That's going to bring us together. And when we're unified then we can change the world. Then the, the things the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives are going to actually be able to, to happen. We're going to be able to actually do it. Because you know what? Like even Paul says, it doesn't matter if you speak in tongues or, or in, in, uh, it says in uh, Corinthians chapter 13, he says, you know, it doesn't matter if you speak in tongues or, or what, what kind of, you know, what, what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life, what kind of works you're doing, what kind of gifts you have. If you don't have love, if you don't care about your brother, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, you're, just, you're, just, you're just making noise. And so, so that's the thing is we've got to be unified. And this is, this is, uh, this is the thing. If, if you don't get anything else today, just get that. The Holy Spirit wants to make us bear fruit. That's what, that's what, he, what he wants to do in our life. And when, when we bear that fruit, it's going to bring us together. And when we are together, we can, we can change the world. We can change each other. We can, we can do all sorts of things. We can make a difference in so many ways. But we can't do that if we're not unified. Um, and so, uh, you know, and sometimes, you know, unity... That, that kind of may sound boring to you, you know? You know, you want everybody to, like, you know, walk around wearing the same, like, gray track suit or, you know, and just, like, have the same haircut or whatever. You know, unity sounds so boring. But it's not unity. It's not, it's not uniformity. It's unity. 
And uh, Priscilla Shire, she said this. She said, unity does not mean sameness. It means oneness of purpose. It means that, 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 you know, it doesn't mean that we all look the same, that we all have to start doing the exact same things, but that together we're united around a purpose, and that purpose is Jesus, that we're united around that, that, that thought, okay? And that can be a hard thing. Like, how are we going to unite all these different people? And how, Paul's thinking that too, how are, how are all these different people in this church in Ephesus, how are they all going to stay, you know, as, as one body? How is that going to happen? Well, in, in uh, Ephesians 4.16, it says this, says that he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So, so when we are, are in unity with one another, when, we're, when we love each other, when we, when we bear with one another in love, when we do those kind of things, that, that is when we begin to grow and we begin to be a, a more healthy person. And you know, that's, we don't like to hear that. You know, we like to think that, hey, I can do this on my own, right? And, and guys, we're the worst about it, okay? We want to just, do, we want, it's part of being a man is I can do it by myself. You know, I don't need nobody else, okay? That's my manly voice. Y'all like that? Um, it comes out every now and then. I don't know where it comes from. Um, but we think that, like, you know, that, that makes us some, somehow better that we don't need anybody else. But here's the thing is we do. We, ha- we have to have each other. We can't grow without one another. We need each other so bad. Like, like we, we're all gifted differently. God is doing different things in all of our lives, and they all benefit each other. They, they all do. I, I was telling, uh, I think, Becca the other day, it's like one of the greatest things about our church isn't just the things that are going on here, but it's that because we're unified, because we're, it's because the, the, one of the things that, that's great is that, that we get to do this together. That when, when one of the other serve teams have, has a, a win, has something great happen, it's awesome because I get to feel like I'm a little part of that, right? And you do too. We all get to get going, yeah, yeah, yes, right? We get to do that because why? Because we're together in this. We, 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 we win together, we fail together, we, we do that. That's, that's what a family does. That's what, that's what the body of Christ is meant to be. And we need one another. We do. And, and, if you, and I find in my life that when I get the most discouraged is when I'm disconnected. I, and uh, let me tell you, I get off my own little world easily, okay? So, but when I get disconnected and when I begin seeing things just from Brent's perspective, then I can get discouraged. But, but when I see things through God's eyes and when I begin to see, you know, just a minute ago, standing in the back, just watching everybody worship, I mean, it was just like, Man, you know, this is a beautiful thing, that we get to do this. This is so awesome that we get to do this. And, and like, what we're, what we're called to do and what we're made to do in 2011, it's just such an awesome thing. And, um, well, we only get to go there if, if, if we're, you know, loving one another and uh, fostering that unity. So, um, so how do we get there? You know, I mean, we're talking about this. How do we get to that place of unity, that Sounds maybe far off. Um, you know what? It sounds like it could be a, a very far off thing, but it's really pretty close. It's really right in the seat you're sitting in right now. It starts with us, right? It starts with me. It starts with you. We got we to gotta make sure that we're doing what we need to do to foster that unity. Um, and in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, it says, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, and instead... 
let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. And from there, Paul goes on and he, through the rest of chapter 4 and for the beginning of chapter 5, he just starts listing out all these things. It's, it's basically just like, just like, thing, like, just like, slow down a minute, Paul. Just wait, like, there's just so many things they say saying that, that, you know, we need to do. And, you know, in the Old Testament, there were the Ten Commandments and there were the, was the law and there was lots of, you don't know, there's lots of, you know, thou shalt not and, you know, do this because I'm the Lord your God and that's how it is. You know, and, and there's a place for that. You know, we do need to, to do what God's asked us to do. I mean, he's God, right? But what, what, what Paul is saying here is, hey, if you do these things, if you follow the Spirit, it's going to bring unity. It's going to do great things among you. It's going to benefit everybody if you follow the Holy Spirit and the leading of, of the Spirit. And so what he says, he gives a, a list, and I'm going to go through a few of these things, and they're all linked in the sermon notes uh, to the specific scriptures where you can go through there. But just to save time, I'm going to go through them really quickly. Uh, he says, you know, don't lie, you know, but not just don't lie. That's, that's, that's like a thou shalt not, right? But he says, tell the truth. He's, and he actually says, tell the truth to one another because you know what? We're all in this together. We can trust one another. We can be honest with one another. Tell the truth. Uh, he says, don't harbor anger. He says, you know, don't let the sun go down while you're angry. And, and so make peace, make peace. And I, I read there that being angry is not the problem. We all get angry sometimes. The problem is, is when we allow the anger to just sit around and be part of who we are, right? We got to get that anger out. We got to get rid of it and, and uh, make peace, right? Um, he says, you know, don't steal, but not just don't steal. That's not enough. Be generous. Be generous with what God's given to you. You know, if, if we're the kind of people that are just holding on to everything we've got and not being generous with what God's given to us, then maybe we're not seeing that we're, again, we're all in this together that we need one another, right? We're not seeing that. Um, and how, how God's blessed us in order to bless others. Um, don't let your words hurt people. That seems obvious, but you know, so often we do that. But our words should encourage others. It, they should help one another. They, they should lift others up. And that's, that, should be, that should be very, very easy to do. But for some reason, sometimes that's the hardest one on the whole list. Like, just make sure our words are lifting others up and not bringing others down, you know? And, and well, you know, Brent, you don't know the things that they did or they said or whatever. Well, good, there's this next one. It says, don't get revenge. Uh, it says, I think it was, don't have malice in your heart is what it says there. But, but forgive others, and, it, and Paul says, forgive others like Jesus forgave you. You know, like we want to hold on to these things that happen. Well, Jesus, Jesus came to us when we were sinners and died died for us when we were sinners like like how we can't forgive somebody because of one little thing they, they said they didn't even mean 10 years ago right let's 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 forgive each other um and we, we have to work towards that don't live promiscuously is what he's on in chapter five uh and the way he even starts chapter five is he begins saying saying like live according to the love of christ live live out that love of, of jesus live, live out that example of love that jesus has for you and then, then he says, don't live promiscuously, don't live uh, sexually immoral lives or in, with impurity. So he's saying, like, don't, don't live, uh, live according to the love of Christ, not according to a selfish kind of love, right? Not a kind of love that, that's all about me, um, but live according to the love of Christ. And, and then he kind of wraps up there with a few thoughts, but it, it, he says, don't be basically thoughtless. Don't be stupid, okay? Um, he says, take time to understand the will of God. You know, it's very easy to, uh, does it mean being stupid is a sin? I, I don't think so, but, but when we aren't thinking about things, 
we end up doing things we don't mean to do, right? And so we need to be, be thoughtful of what God's will is. We need to be thinking and, and processing what is God's will in the situation, and we need to be thinking about those things all the time and be, live carefully that way. And if, if you see that list and you feel discouraged, that, don't be, okay? The Holy Spirit, that's why he's here, is if you're a Christian, he is part of your life, and he wants to help you live like that. He, you know, it's very easy for me to look at there and say, I don't know about all that. I don't know if I can do all those things. But man, the Holy Spirit is, is at work in our lives to help us be more like Jesus. That's why he's here, is to help us do that. And when we do those things, when we, when we begin to tell the truth to each other, when we begin to make peace, when we begin to give to one another, when we begin to, to help others with our words, these are the things that build unity amongst us, among us. And that's, that's the work the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives, okay? And if you look at that, that, that uh, list and you feel a little guilty, well, guess what? That, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit convicts us too. He, he helps us. See, we can't fix what we're doing wrong until we see what we're doing wrong, right? And so when we see that, that's, that's what we need to do. And so don't get discouraged, but, but know that, that the Holy Spirit wants to work things out for you, okay? And uh, <clears throat> he kind of wraps up this whole thing right here with this last thought here in Ephesians 5, uh, this where he's saying, you know, don't do this do this he says so he says don't be drunk with wine for that's reckless living but be filled with the spirit that's that's what he says be filled with the spirit it's not enough just to not be a drunk he wants god wants us to be filled with the spirit to live a spirit-filled life and you know what does that look like what does the spirit-filled life look like that sounds kind of crazy well luckily right here he's got it laid out what it means step one speak to one another in psalms hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. Now imagine all the ways we walk around and we talk to each other, all the things we say to one another, but instead of doing that, that we, we hurt each other's uh, feelings, we say things we don't mean, those kind of things. But instead, what if we walked around just singing to each other in hymns and songs? People probably think we were drunk, which would be the <laughs> first part of that. Uh, it'd be really weird. But man, this, there's something to this. I think we read that and you just like glaze over like, oh, I'm not doing that one. I'm definitely not going around singing to one another. That, that sounds kind of iffy. Uh, but what is, what is Paul trying to impress upon us here? Now, one thing is, is, you know, back then everybody didn't have a Bible that they could just could carry around. They didn't have, definitely didn't have a, a, a small computer in their pocket that they could, you know, pull up any version of the Bible, any translation on like we have today. And so how do they, they, how do they carry the scriptures and the things around them? Well, they had to memorize it. And a lot of times this was through songs and through patterns and, and poems and psalms. And so that's what he's saying. He said, bring those things up, those things that you know, bring those things up to one another. But I love this. Is that, yeah, it's, it's kind of practical for them. That's the way they, they remembered things sometimes. But also, it's, it's, I think it's a very poetic way to tell us, you know, you know, like think about a song. Think about what is a song. A song isn't just saying things randomly, right? It's, it's thought out, right? And so when we speak to one another, what if we chose our words carefully? What if we chose our words and said the things that we need to say um, and let God speak through us and say those things that need, need to be said? And um, Songs also have a pattern. They're memorable, right? They get stuck in your head. You know, I was thinking, we don't talk about Bruno for like two months straight at one point. Um, they get in your head and they get, man, what if we spoke things into people's lives around us that got stuck in their head that they couldn't get rid of, you know? Maybe not as bad as we don't talk about Bruno, but somewhere along those lines, you know, that, that we, 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 would, we would bring that into people's lives. And what else is it about that songs? Songs bring joy. 
songs bring joy to people's lives. And, and so we, we need to be able to do that. We need to, it, 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 maybe you don't walk up to somebody and just start, you know, singing, singing in their face or whatever. But, but we can, we can do things that, that bring about joy, that, that bring, you know, that, 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 that memorable thing that people need to know. We can do those things. Um, and then, then he goes on, something a little easier. Give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks. That's, that's pretty easy, right? Well, no, actually. Sometimes it's not very easy to be thankful, is it? It's not always easy to be thankful. But when we're thankful, that helps us see, you know, where, you know, how, not just how bad things could be, but it helps us see, like, where we're, where we're at. You know, it helps us see that, that, that everything that we have, every blessing that's in our life, every good day, every bad day, comes from, from God, and we're, we're blessed to have it, right? And so when we're thankful, that, that changes just our perspective about, about life. It changes who we are. Um, and and just, just, we can be thankful, not just, you know, that isn't just that we had to get it down and, and pray and thank God like that, but we can, we can even tell each other. We can, we can thank each other for things, you know? When's the last time you thank somebody? We're just thankful to someone. You know, we need to be more thankful. That helps us, encourages us to think about uh, uh, how thankful we are for all the things going on in our lives. And finally, he wraps up by saying, saying, by being submissive to one another in the fear of God. So be submissive. And this is one we don't like. We don't like to be submissive to one another. We like to think we're up here and everybody else is down here, or at least we're all on the same playing field, right? That, we like that one too. That, one, that one's good with us. But to think that, that we have to put ourselves under other people, that we have to submit ourselves to one another and see ourselves as, as less important, but let me ask you a question. Who in this room is less important than you are? Who, who in, in your life that you come in contact with on a regular basis is less important than you are? Who is, who is less important? Who's less important to God? Not, no one. And so when we submit ourselves to one another, we set ourselves up to be at a place for unity, for those things to come about. And... Uh, and, you know, God wants to use us all, but when, we, when we're just focused on ourselves, we can't see that because we just see that the way we're gifted or we see just the way that the things God's doing in our life. But when we submit ourselves to one another and we think about others first, then we begin to see that, that you know, what I'm doing, it's, it's, it's important. But everybody, what, what we're all doing is so important to what God wants to do. And so, so we have to do those, those things. And uh, we're going to get into spiritual gifts and those kind of things over the coming weeks, but, but today I just wanted to ask you, you know, do you want to live that spirit-filled life? Um, you know, uh, you ever been to the store, and like, you're going for like one specific thing, like it's maybe like a, like a big purchase, like a, like a new laptop, or a pair of shoes, or, or something, you know, something like a new phone, or whatever, and you go in, and you kind of find like the one that you're like, okay, this one isn't, the bottom of the, the, the bin, but it's not, not super high-end either. It's like perfect, you know, good sale price, everything. And then by the time the sales guy walks over, right, and he's like, well, let me tell you, what you really need is you need these 4,000 other things that you're never going to use, these little bells and whistles that you might need one day. You never know. And so he talks you into, and you walk out with something that you, costs five times as much as what you thought it was. You ever done that before? And you hate it. You hate even seeing him walking over. I, I do. And, you know, that's what maybe you feel like this morning is like, man, I, you know, when it comes to, like, the Bible and Jesus and all this, I, I, just, I just don't want to go to hell. Can we, can, we, can we just get there, you know? 
And, and here's this guy saying, like, we need to love each other and, and uh, be, you know, be thinking of other people before I think about myself and, and not say things to hurt other people and, and all these things. Like, I, like, I need a spirit-filled life. What is A.W. Tozer said this. He said, the spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. He, God intends for us to walk in the spirit and live in the spirit and live in that victory that Jamie talked about earlier. That, that, that's something that should be in part of our everyday life, is to be able to walk in that. And so um, I want to encourage you to live out that because if, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit's active in your life, okay? You just got to use your walk in this. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.